I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This week on Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook, Johnny Avello, stops by. What's happening behind the counter? What are the people doing at the counter? We have Dan Lifshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston, co-host of the Over Under Show. His temperature on college football bowl season as we head into the next week of bowls, plus NFL Coach of the Year odds. Some guys you should look at down the board. We'll give best bets as well coming up. Welcome into Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Brendan Glasheen and Julian Edlow, both of DK. Julian, one of our content guys who works very hard on the web, on the shows that you watch uh, over the weekend. you got The Sweat, 8 to 10 o'clock in the morning, Saturdays and Sundays, and other programming. All right, Jules, uh, one in one week for you in Best Bets last week. Um, mm-hmm. And we both went the direction of the... NFL Patriots under uh, did not pan out. The over hit loser. Yeah. Bailey's uh, happy. Three touchdown passes. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Um, and then you were on Dallas, correct, on Sunday night? Yeah, laying the points with Dallas on, on Sunday night football. Um, that felt nice. Good spot. Should have yeah. bet more. Should have bet as much as I did on that Niners game against the Eagles. And uh, all these good teams that have been playing each other, that'll that'll tie into my best bet once again today and probably the game of the week in the NFL. It's so it's so confusing to wrap your head around the AFC and like who's good. And, then you know, I think in the, in the NFC, we know Eagles are slipping, but they're up there. Even the Lions are slipping. But it's Dallas and San Francisco right now. I think Dallas has that win for Dallas. It's, it's, San, it's San Francisco. And then. OK. Tier two. Fair enough. That's fair. Um, I feel like Dallas, though, that's that's a turn the corner kind of win for them. But the schedule doesn't get easy. They go to Buffalo this week. Yeah, that's, um, I feel like it is a turn the corner win. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about them a little different again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just wait for it mid-January when it's the divisional round and they somehow poop on themselves. Uh, that feels what's what always happens. I had the Raiders plus three. That was a slog. I did end up betting them live separately, plus three and a half. That felt nice. Uh, I was a little worried at the end, though, that the uh, that the Raiders almost like returned that pooch kick. It's like, oh my god, just get this thing over with. Uh, and then Samir hit on Denver, and we Samir, we, we said that a few times about Den. I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around why Denver was an underdog in that spot. Um, bet Denver second half money line was plus money in the second half, and and just well Herbert being injured. That's a big part of it, so, but also ineptitude by the coach. Herbert, yeah, Herbert being injured, getting injured in game was a, a big part of that. Um, but the public got absolutely hammered this weekend. Underdogs were unbelievable, particularly Monday night. Um, yeah, I, I'll ask Johnny about that in in odds are, and uh, maybe he'll say that Denver, one of those public sides that came through this past week. 
Okay, coming up later in the show, we have Dan Lifshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. He co-hosts the show 7 to 9 Saturday mornings. Uh, Dan's a friend of the program. He's been here before. Good friend of ours. He'll stop by, give us his latest on college football bowls and also NFL Coach of the Year. A discussion on that. Some guys you might want to target uh, down the line as well as MVP. Three guys right now really in the race for MVP. We'll dive into that, and we will get to best bets. But first, here is Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook for Odds Are. All right, it's that time of the show. You hear the music, you know what it means. Time for Odds Are with Mr. Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, how are we doing this week? I'm doing real good, thank you. Let's talk about this week because I bet you are doing real good. Dominant week for the dogs in NFL, not just against the spread, but also outright highlighted by those Monday night football games, uh, wild Giants Packers game that the Giants get at home. And then arguably the most improbable win in the NFL in years. Uh, Tennessee down, down 14. Miami's covering the 13 and a half. With about four minutes left, Tennessee outright. Uh, how how were the results behind the book this week with all the dogs coming through? Well, of course, both those Monday night football games were big wins. As the losers in that games were just sailing along in prior weeks, winning games, getting ready for the playoffs, and the losers were teams just struggling, trying to build on something and find some positives to end the year, get ready for next year. Uh but those teams jumped up and and uh, won on Monday night, so two big wins for us. Sunday wasn't a good day either for the betters. They, they bet the Eagles at the Cowboys. They had the Chiefs at home versus the Bills. They had the Lions over the Bears and many others that just did not get there. Public has to have hit on something, so... What games were you guys paying out on an NFL last weekend? There, there were there were many jewels. Uh, they they did okay on the Broncos beating the Chargers, and thanks to Doug Peterson going for two on what I thought was one of the most ridiculous calls yes. uh, that enabled the Browns to cover the threes uh, three point spread against the Jags. End of list. All right, <laughs> end of list. <laughs> Short one. Um, all right, game of the week this week. Uh, you mentioned betters were were taking the Eagles uh, last week. That was a Dallas spot for me. The week before, why are the Eagles dogs at home? That was a Niners spot for me. We got the game of the week this week. Cowboys are growing into larger underdogs at Buffalo. Cowboys have been awesome, but they've been awesome in Dallas. I don't know if going out to Buffalo uh, in the middle of December is exactly going to be their cup of tea. Bill's the early decision for, for the betters here. Do you see it uh, continuing to go that way? Yeah, the interview you mentioned, the Cowboys have looked really good and offensively. I mean, they're, they're, they're putting up a lot of points on the board. Seems like it's been like that most of the year. But in this game, the Bills are seeing the bulk of the action so far. We opened the Bills. One, we're up to two and a half. This might touch a piece of three by game time. Uh, the total has moved a couple of points, too, from 49 up to 51. I looked at the weather. The weather looks to be in the 40s or so, so there's real no weather issues in Buffalo this weekend. Should be uh, you know, one of our marquee games. All right. How about the rest of the uh, NFL card coming up this week? What's, what's taking money over at DK Sportsbook? 
Well, let's start with the trio of games on Saturday. In two of those three, they like the Bengals over the Vikings. That game's up to three and a half uh, from pick. Uh, Bengals the favorite. Uh, yep. Some of that line movement is Nick Mullins starting. Some is Justin Jefferson status. We're not sure what you know if he's playing or not. Uh, they also like the Lions at home in the late contest over the Broncos on Sunday. They like the Browns again at home versus the Bears. Uh, and Matt doesn't want to be betting on Joe Flacco these days. It looks like everybody's rushing to the window to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, it gets there, it gets there, right? Yeah. Uh, in a matchup of six and seven teams, uh, one's pursuing a division title. One's playing for a ba- uh, playoff spot. They're playing the Green Bay over Tampa Bay. Uh, the public has cooled off on the Dolphins now, though, a little bit. They like the Jets this week. That game opened 11 and a half. It's now down to eight and a half. And in a game that switched to the primetime spot, that would be the Ravens at the Jags. They're playing the road favorite Ravens. That game's up to three with even a little bit extra juice on that three. All right, let's switch over to the college side. We're in a bit, little bit of a lull where there's only kind of like one game in two weeks between the conference championships and the start of the bowls two weeks apart. And that one game, of course, is Army-Navy. They played it in our neck of the woods over here in Foxborough. We got to talk about the total. The game was set to go well under no matter what number you had. And then late, we get a little fireworks Somehow, the game lands 28 on a, I'm using air quotes here if you're listening, meaningless safety, as I think they called it on the uh, broadcast. What did landing on 28 mean for DraftKings Sportsbook? In other words, how many bettors won or lost on betting an over 27 and a half uh, or an under 27 and a half? How much money was on the under at the number prior to, to 28? And what type of handle was on Exactly 28. Break this down for me, Johnny. All right. Well, let's start from the beginning. So we opened the game 31 and a half. Yep. And then we went down the ladder to 30 and a half. And then 29 and a half. Then 29. Then 28 and a half. So obviously, we're just taking under money this whole time. Now we go as low as 27 and a half. And for about an hour or so, and that was closer to kickoff. And all of that money came on the over. And all of that won. So we closed 28, and then some people were in at 28. and So overall, you get what I'm saying? Not a good outcome overall for the book. All right. Well, given how last week went in NFL, they had to win something. They got the total on, on Army-Navy uh, correct. But unbelievable result with the game landing 28. Crazy. Um we're getting closer to some of these bowl games, though, that, that I mentioned. So out of the ones in the next week or so, uh, what what's moved uh, significantly or been on the move significantly uh, since we last spoke? Uh, so, well, let's talk about Saturday's games. You got New Mexico State is up to four from one versus Fresno in the uh, New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Texas Tech uh, getting a play. They're up to three from one playing Cal in Independence Bowl. And there's just so many other games have moved with the absence of the the Riley Leonards for Duke and the Drake Mays for North Carolina and the Sam Hartmans and every other player that has a reason not to play in a bowl game. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Of course, there have been players who have decided not, I don't want to play, I don't want to hurt myself, I'm going to pros, whatever. But this is unprecedented this year. 
Yeah, the portal the portal changes things. So it's not just the opt outs or the go into the NFL drafts, but it's yes. the Sam Hartman. I'm uh, well, Sam Hartman. Yes, yeah, you know uh, Riley Leonard moving moving schools. Um, Dylan Gabriel moving schools. That all that all factors in quite a bit. Uh, let's look past Christmas at, at some of these bigger bowl ones. And we can include the college football playoff here, even though I, I don't think those have moved much in the last week or so. Uh, anything when we get to those those bigger games post-Christmas that has been moving around much? Yeah, there's a lot of movement. Miami opened five over Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. That's now down to one. So I guess maybe a look at some home field advantage there for a Rutgers team close to home and a Miami far away from the warm climate. Uh Clemson opened seven and a half over Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. That's down to five. Um, LSU is down to nine from 13 playing Wisconsin. Now, Jalen Daniels probably isn't going to play in that one. And, uh, so not, not, not sure his status yet. And then strangely enough, this is one Oregon's up to 17 and a half over an undefeated Liberty team in the Fiesta Bowl when Oregon's running back Bucky Irvin was declared out. He's not playing. And we're really watching that game closely to see if Bo Nix, what's he going to do? You know, is he going to play in that game? So uh, a lot of movement yet to go in these games. All right. Uh, college football playoff, not much movement since we last talked, but I'm just curious handle-wise. How has the handle been? I know the, the games open up. You had Alabama moving. You had the total in Texas and, and Washington moving. But how much handles come in like the last week or so in that kind of – dead zone or, or whatever you want to call it and how steadily do you expect it to to climb over the next uh couple of weeks or is it just are we at the point where wait until game day and that's when when most of the action is going to come in well you're talking about the substantial football games right the ones that actually mean something yes yeah. oh michigan's holding at one and a half over bama after opening up two and texas after opening up four and a half uh, is now four. So not a lot of movement in those games, but good steady action on both sides for both games. Um, we're seeing action every day. Uh, we're going to continue to see action every day on those games. And of course, when we get to game day, uh, there's going to be some tremendous bets coming in. I'm talking huge bets. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a really large six figure, even seven figure on these type of games for the totals. You know, you mentioned it. Alabama, Michigan is seeing underplay. Texas, Washington is seeing the opposite, and the over is the choice in that one. All right, college troops for a second with you. Uh, we're at the point of the year. Last Saturday, uh, you know, Army Navy kind of on an island in college football, and that's when college basketball kind of debuts their their big slate. Same thing this week. Yes, we have some bowl games. Are they the most notable games? No, and we have a fantastic college basketball slate. How was the handle last week? How do you expect the handle to be this week uh, with these college hoops games now, uh, you know, getting a spotlight? Well, I believe that the seven bowl games this week and plus the the FCS playoff game between North Dakota State and Montana, all that together will create quite a bit of action on the football side. And yes, college basketball will take its share this week. Now, last week, there wasn't much except for that. You mentioned the Army-Navy game as far as football. So college basketball handle dominated. But I think the football being back this week with so many games will take a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of action away from basketball and focus more on the football side. 
All right, we're going to close with one specifically on that Saturday card because we got one versus two. We got Arizona coming out to play Purdue. Uh, it's in Indianapolis. What are we ballparking? What do we? I know Ken Ken Palm's got Purdue minus two. What What do we think this number is going to be around? And who do you think betters are going to be on in this big college basketball game? Well, there's two teams just playing lights out right now. You know, Purdue's uh, Zach Eadie's probably the best player in college basketball. And the big man is, is quite a handful for anybody that he's been up against so far. But then on the Arizona side, this is a team that I, it's, they're quite a team. And I say that, Jules, because every player contributes on this team. Yeah. Um, because the game's in Indianapolis, crowd will be Purdue heavy. I make Purdue a small favorite. Um, one thing about this game I noticed is that it's going to be on Peacock. Uh, that's where you're going to be able to watch it. So it's kind of a strange setup for viewing. But uh, this is going to be a good good uh, basketball game, and this thing could – two good teams could go either way. Arizona certainly won't be going away in this game. They'll be probably right there to the very end. I'm an old man in the sense of I, I hate streaming. I don't do streaming. I pay for my cable for a reason, and now i got to stream the, maybe the game of the regular season in college hoops. Anyway, give me Arizona on the road. They're going to run and Edie, that's out of his element. Wildcats. There you go. Um, now the question is, will I be able to watch the game and figure out how to stream it? Um, that is odds are with Johnny Avello, uh, who will be struggling to find the Arizona Purdue game with me on Saturday, but I'm sure we will get it done. Johnny, thanks for joining us on Unreasonable Odds. You're welcome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thanks to Johnny Avello, as always, director of the DraftKings Sportsbook for his segment, Odds Are. We now welcome in our guest. He works over at 98.5 The Sports Hub. He is the co-host of the Over Under Show, Saturday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch the podcast he does during the week, as well as the show podcast that goes out moments after it concludes Saturday mornings. Dan Lifshatz. What's up, Dan? Thanks for stopping by. What's going on, guys? Excited to be on. It's, uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, I'm happy that we're all uh, we're all together here and we can hash this out. You and Jules, my, you and I as well. We, we go back now uh, in our crossover and work. So, uh, Dan, what would you say to someone who might be tuning in? They're trying to sink their teeth into these bowl games. They might not be as familiar with certain teams. What's your biggest piece of advice, I guess you'd say, about betting bowl games, following news? Just kind of where is your head at at this stage? Yeah, so to me, there's there's a couple things. So number one is if you haven't bet the bowl games already – I suggest waiting because you're going to find out more information over the next couple of days. Um, you know, to me, I, you know, right now, obviously it's Wednesday before the games, you know, where games are Saturday. I think this is a fine time to start betting, but in general, if you're looking for betting games, you know, around Christmas time, just be patient, wait for those because you're going to get more information as, you know, as we go along, there's already been a, a ton of, you know, back and forth. Who's in, who's out. I mean, Ohio state is a, a perfect team to kind of talk about that. Everyone was out and all of a sudden now everyone's in. So I would just be patient if you haven't bet these games and gotten great numbers, 
might as well wait at this point. Um, you know, with the exception of maybe you know a few days out, I, I would I would probably wait a little bit. Okay, Jules, anything you want to touch on first before we get into game specific stuff? Um, not too much. I, I would say just be uh, be careful with with some of the earlier bowls because I think people tend to get excited to bet bowls and then start betting on teams that they don't know as much about because that's how bowl season works and we kind of escalate the quote unquote importance of games even though you know you get like a New Year's Day bowl of a Georgia FSU and you know teams may not care there. Um, then what Dan said, like w- w- there's going to be a lot of time until a lot of these games kick off and they've already moved a touchdown. So what's the point in betting a, a game on uh, December 28th now, as we record on December 13th, that's already moved a touchdown when you can just wait and see what else trickles out. Yep. So we've got six games on this coming Saturday, the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Dan, you already have a position on Georgia Southern. Uh, they were at plus 120 when you bet them. They're now minus 170. Is this a stay away spot with Georgia Southern at minus three and a half? It's not a complete stay away. I'd say it's just more of a, a, a difficult spot to play Ohio. Obviously, no Curtis Rourke changes things dramatically for that team. Um, I mean, you know, they also have their top running back out, C. Van Gurrow, who's also going to be out of that game. So, I mean, you're talking about a lot of offensive production for an offense that wasn't even that you know, that effect. I think they were 10 points per game less than they, you know, than they averaged last year. So now we're talking about an offense that's really kind of going to, you know, the, the, the back ends. I think Parker Navarro is going to be the quarterback for Ohio. I mean, he, and then to me that that's just a massive downgrade. Obviously the market has agreed, you know, flopping from two and a half to three and a half. So I think your, your best option here is probably to look for something live second half, see how that Ohio offense is going to function without Rourke, um, you know, without a couple of the, the wide receivers and obviously without Ben Gura, because I do think that that's, you know, those guys are all pretty, pretty important pieces to the, uh, the puzzle there. I, George Southern, again, above three, I just don't think, you know, you could play even with Brynn and everyone else playing. The motivational factor there, I, I do think does lean towards Georgia Southern, um, too. Obviously, you know, Ohio doesn't make it into the MAC championship this year. Everyone's kind of transferring out. It feels like a little bit more of a, uh, you know, I, we, we don't care type of situation. Kind of you're getting the feels from the, the program there. I do think Georgia Southern has some sort of, you know, didn't end the season super well. Maybe we end the season on a high note type of thing. Uh, kind of the, the feels coming out of that one. And obviously the quarterback, the, the fact that, you know, the majority of the offensive weapons are there. I, I, I lean, again, I lean Georgia Southern. I just three and a half, kind of too tall of a task, maybe some under there. Uh, look, maybe Ohio team total under, maybe a live team total under. Those type of things would be in play for me. Okay. Yeah. Total jewels has crept up to 48 and a half and with no, uh, with no Rourke at quarterback, 11 touchdowns to five picks, 2,200 yards through the air. Um, is there any angle you'd have Julian for here on this game? Nothing on that one. Again, I said, let's not get, Dan got in early. He got a good number on a game. He has yeah. to take on. Um, I'm not going to go crazy on a game. I don't have a, a take on at this stage. Okay. All right. Moving down the board. That's the Myrtle beach bowl. What about uh, Julian? You had well, you both of you have positions, I think, on Fresno State, New Mexico State, and once again, it's it's, it's important to point out that lines have changed, and when news breaks and motivational factors, as Dan brought up, you got Fresno State now at plus four, uh, New Mexico State a four point favorite, totals at fifty one. Julian, I think you have an angle here, and then we'll get Dan's take. So I got New Mexico State at minus two and a half. Um, I think I put it out at minus three in our uh, DK Network betting group. Three's 
probably as far as you can go. It sits four now. If you want to look at the splits on VSIN, New Mexico State, very sharp side, 56% of the bets for 91% of the handle. But again, that incorporates it at every number. So who's actually betting it at the four? Probably not many people uh, now at, at this number. So you can see maybe it'll maybe it ticks down, maybe something gets bought back. I don't think there's much reason to believe that'll that'll happen. Maybe Dan can speak to that um more but new mexico state's been really good they were they were what 10 and 2 ats going into the conference championship game double digit dog against liberty they don't quite get there they lose by 14 in a high scoring game but we saw the ceiling of this team when they went into auburn and beat them 31 to 10 uh so no reason to believe they won't have motivation against a fresno state team in in this game so i i like them i can't tell you what to do but if you miss the number and you're feeling bold then, you know, lay four. I would rather lay four with New Mexico State than take four with Fresno if I had to bet the game today. Yeah, damn, Fresno State's banged up up front. Uh, you got a new coach in the mix now because the head coach is out due to uh, health concerns. And then New Mexico State, they've got situation at quarterback too with uh, with Diego, their starter, who, uh, who got hurt in the uh, conference title game. Yeah, so I mean, look, there's there's a lot going on in this game. I grabbed New Mexico State minus one. It was the first bowl bet that I made. I've been New Mexico State ride or die all year. Um, a lot of people who listen to the podcast know that we had we had New Mexico State to uh, to win the conference USA championship. Obviously, they they made the championship game, didn't get it done. But this has been a team that that you know I've been all about. I, I do have some concerns in the Mexico State side, especially at this number. Uh, you know, Diego Pavia, who sounds like he is going to play, banged okay. up, so likely not going to be a hundred percent. Their top wide receiver, Trent Hudson, is in the portal, so it doesn't sound like he's going to play. One of their top defenders, in my opinion, who I do think is a pretty big deal, uh, Reggie Akles, he's in the portal, so it doesn't sound like he's going to play. They have a little bit of wide receiver depth also in the portal there, too, and co- a couple other defenders. The big, the, I mean, so I, again, there, there are some concerns about New Mexico State, but nonetheless, you're going to have your starting quarterback, you're going to have your coach, you're going to have the large majority of your team. The other side of this, though, is that Fresno State, Logan Fife is in the transfer portal, and we don't really know the status of Mikey Keene, who's been the, the starting quarterback for them all year. Keen, if Keene's in, I mean, I think you have to you, you would absolutely have to take Fresno with this number, regardless of the coach. Keene would be a massive number mover for this game, and I think would add a lot. He did speak to the media yesterday, and he did like a private interview, and talked about wanting to win the bowl game. But there was no update on his injury status, which is kind of interesting. So they could be looking at starting a true freshman since Fife is out. And Fife was terrible anyways this year. So to me, I guess that's kind of the question is, is Mikey Keene going to play? If Keene's in, I think getting four of Fresno State would be fantastic. Um, you know, itself, New Mexico State is maybe a small favorite, probably minus one. I think I think chasing the number now would be a bad idea. If anything, I would only have Fresno State. If Keen doesn't play, I, I don't. I think the number is probably pretty fair where it is. So another game we want to touch on is Boise State UCLA, and a lot going on here too with UCLA's quarterback in the portal. Um, that would be Dante Moore, part of a, a rotate, uh, part of a rotation during the season too. But Boise State's without their starter, and the line movement reflects that with UCLA minus four. So. I think that's more of an indictment, Dan, of what's happening at Boise State. It, Mike, we've talked about UCLA all year. Just even with more quarterback, they can't score. Like We backed Arizona in a spot against them. They did have a nice game against Colorado, but I, I've got questions here about UCLA. Where, where are you at on this game with the line now at minus four, UCLA? 
Yeah, I mean, me personally, it does sound like Ethan Garbers is going to get the start. He's been in practices all week for UCLA, so I think that's a big uh, a big plus for them. I think that he is the best quarterback option, regardless of more yeah. in or out. Um, I, I, I think most people agree. My concern for the U, uh, UCLA side, they lost their defensive coordinator, so he went. You know, he he left the team. Um, De, you know, DeAnthony Lynn, he's gone. So they're going to have, uh, and I'm going to absolutely butcher this name. So sorry. They're they're at their defensive line outside linebacker coach, Ikaika Malo, and I apologize because I know I butchered that. Um, but he's going to be the defensive coordinator. So that's a major part of their team that I think is going to be lost there. They also lose Lightu Lati, who's going to enter the NFL draft. Kamari Ramsey uh, is a player who's going to be out, you know, gone for them. William Nemo. I mean, so their secondary is going to take a little bit of a hit, and they're obvi- and obviously their offensive line. You know, on the Boise State side. You know, Taylor Green, their quarterback who won the, the championship for them, he transfers out. He goes to Arkansas and they're without Kevon Wright. This number got sharp by a, by a, by a group that kind of gave out, um, UCLA minus two and a half. And that's why we're sitting at four, but there hasn't been any resistance or buyback at all on this number. And I think the reason is just because there's a lot of dysfunctionality going on, Boise State, um, yeah. kind of things going on. And obviously the quarterback leaving, you know, we don't know if Maddox is going to play. It doesn't sound like he is. I, I still think UCLA at four is a half decent bet. I wouldn't jump all over it because again, Chip Kelly just doesn't seem to care about these bowl games or care about games in general, winning games. But um, I still think UCLA, especially in the Pac-12 this year, given what they went through, still probably the more talented of the two teams, no matter how Boise State ended the year, especially without Taylor Green and Kevon Wright. So, Jules, it's CJ Tiller. At quarterback for Boise State. So, yeah, Dan, that, that's uh, yeah. Maddox Mad- Madsen is out for the season. He's done. So right. they're going to go to Tiller at quarterback. Uh, you got yeah. thoughts here, Julian? The quarterback movement for Boise State ruined my my favorite bowl bet of the opening weekend, which I'm sad about. I, I have Boise plus three and a half. Um, and now I, I don't have much of an opinion on the game and kind of lean UCLA. So, I'll try and find a way off of it or maybe buy the half point and eat some juice and take the loss. But uh, here we are. So, like, I I liked Boise uh, until the quarterback situation. They last lost on November 3rd by 7 at Fresno since then. Beat New Mexico uh, handily by almost 30. Went to Utah State, win by 35. Take a good Air Force team that was spiraling at the time, win that game by 8. And then go out to Vegas and smack UNLV in in the championship game. Uh, they had a lot of momentum coming into this game. I don't think very highly of UCLA this season. I was all about Boise State, and now I got to figure out a way to pivot here or do something live or or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't total? know. I'll stop ranting because this was, I I guess I would lean under because yeah. forty nine and a half. Yeah, we're at some quarterbacks who haven't played as much. The missing defensive coordinators uh, matter, but like, how good are the offense? How good are the offenses really going to be in this situation? So, I don't know. Maybe maybe the under is um, maybe the under is worth a little bit of a look. That's actually a pretty sharp bet according to the the splits that we have on Veasan from DK. So. Well, also Chip Kelly's game. I don't. I don't mind that under rather than taking a side now in a game that's kind of gotten mucked up a little bit. Well, the quarterback coach is out too for UCLA. He's now going to Oregon State, so that that bodes well also um, for an under. I would imagine it's going to play that under. 
Might have put yeah. me on a plague lash. Yeah, I, I think I think it's something certain to look at. Again, the one my only concern about that is again you have probably UCLA's best defensive player out. You have Boise State's probably best defensive player out, especially the two guys who cause havoc on the line. Obviously, losing the defensive coordinator for UCLA I think is a huge deal for them because they were, a, a, in my opinion, an elite defense in the Pac-12, which also, in my opinion, was a top conference this year. So I do think that it, it is a bit of a loss. I agree, lean under, especially with the you know an unknown at Boise State quarterback. But yeah, Garbers for UCLA, who I still think is is you know decent. Um, so I mean, I maybe maybe I would look at a Boise State team total under instead of the full game under, just because I know UCLA does have the ability. But Ashton JT, who originally opted out of the mm-hmm. bowl game, is playing now. So I mean, it, look, I, I think you can make an argument for both sides of that one. It depends on where your numbers are. Get Boise State twenty one and a half under minus one ten at uh, DraftKings. That game also uh, for those wondering and looking at the schedule. That is Sunday uh, Sunday night uh, or Sunday well Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night. night Sunday morning. Yeah, technically yeah. it's Sunday morning. Uh, so it's a late one. Uh, Jules, you got thoughts? Old Dominion Western Kentucky on Monday the eighteenth. Where are you leaning here with the uh, current landscape? Yeah, I put out uh, Old Dominion at minus 130, I think, on the money line, now up to minus 148. So I think you're still good at minus two and a half if you keep it under three. Western Kentucky should be uh, should be without a lot of guys in this game, and I, I think that's going to matter. Um, so uh, that's kind of the, the simplicity of the handicap. It's not like I watched a ton of uh, Old Dominion football this year and, and came out fired up to – to bet them. Um, but they do, I mean, they've had some, some decent wins, uh, came in on what outside of the, outside of the Liberty loss, they kept it close. They lost by three at, at James Madison. Um, they won by seven against app state. It was a pretty solid football team. And they, they, I think that they have the edge in this game to to begin with, and then the number has grown a little bit with with Western Kentucky missing guys. So not a big bet by any means, but uh, give me some Monday afternoon football any day of the week, Old Dominion. Yeah, they've got three uh, – Western Kentucky has three offensive linemen, starters that are out uh, in yep. the portal. So, Dan, you got something there on this one, Monday? So I don't, but I but I do agree with the lean on Old Dominion. Um, I mean, they they play in, in my opinion the the two conferences aren't even comparable. The Sun Belt was significantly better than Conference USA this year, and I know that Liberty did spank Old Dominion, but the reality of the situation is that it, it was it was kind of a letdown game for Old Dominion. They had lost to Coastal Carolina the week before, and I'll own this because I bet Old Dominion against Liberty. Um, it, it was just a bad situational spot, and I I don't think a lot of people realized it. Old Dominion essentially got eliminated in that Coastal Carolina game um, to be the representative in the Sunbelt East because they were in that fight there, um, and they kind of laid down in that game. Now, they responded. They, got, they, they won a couple games to end the year to make it look a little bit better, but – that kind of ended their, you know, proverbial season. Um, but they, I mean, they were the better team. Western Kentucky really sucked this year. I, I know they, they were okay early on, but, you know, after that Troy game, uh, and, and really the, the, the two in conference games versus, uh, versus Mid Tennessee and, and La Tech, they lost to Jacksonville State. They got, they got beat by Liberty. That was basically it for the end of the year. And they got trounced by New Mexico State as well. They're a mid level conference USA team. And I, I, I you know, they have a billion guys in the portal. I mean a billion. They have the backup quarterbacks in there, multiple offensive linemen. Both the kicker and both punters are in that portal. Oh, like, Jesus. They, they, they have a lot of guys throughout for this game. Now, 
Old Dominion got hit pretty hard too, and they do have some guys who are out as well. Uh, a lot of wide receiver depth got hammered in the portal this year's in this uh, this offseason, so they're not going to have a ton of depth at that position. But regardless, I, I still like ODU to kind of get it done and, and and find a way to uh, you know to get past Western Kentucky without the you know just no depth at that spot. Yeah, I'm wondering if you wait though. I know you brought up waiting is not you're, you. You mean more so waiting later in the month? I, I realize what you meant there, but I wonder if you wait on this, it does get to three. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think I think it's kind of more waiting for games. I I, I made the cutoff for me really that December 22nd game. I think okay. anything really, and you can start waiting for those games a little bit more. Anything prior to that, though, I think I'd probably. You got to play at this point if you really if you still have you feel like I'm an edge somewhere. Dan Lifshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston joining us, co-host of the Over Under Show on Saturday morning, seven to nine. They put out the podcast from that show, and also uh, they've got podcasts during the week, bunch of bowl previews. You also dabble in the National Football League, Dan, and the awards market. Uh, at this point, it's starting to shrink in terms of we're kind of getting an idea of who's the front runner in certain spots, but you've got an angle in the NFL uh, on coach of the year. The co-favorites right now are D'Amico Ryans in Houston and Dan Campbell and the sliding Detroit Lions. Is there somewhere else you're looking for coach of the year in the NFL? Yeah. So to me, this is the least efficient NFL market in the, in the award area. And I think there's the most value to be had uh, because of that. Now, I, I do very much like D'Amico Ryans, but I'm looking at this team right now with the way that they're trending. CJ yeah. Stroud, it looks like, is going to be trending to be out this week, which means they're starting Davis Mills. They already lost Tank Dell. Nico Collins got hurt last week. That offense looked absolutely repulsive without him, and now they have Stroud out. I just think that that offense is going to take a step back. In the you know we're going to, we're going to see in the next couple of weeks that offense take a step back. They're going to be a little bit more careful with Stroud than some other teams there. So as much as I do think that Miko Ryan's has a real shot to win this award at three to one, I think you could wait on that and, and see maybe if he gets up to that you know that seven six to one seven to one area. If you really are are really are, you know just planning on taking Ryan's, I don't think Dan Campbell has a chance to win the award. I, I don't think that the way the Lions are trending right now, the way that they're playing, he has a chance to win the award. Their preseason win total was it was not above nine and a half as it was, or most places nine nine and a half in that area. So I mean, to me, he's pretty much eliminated in that situation because in the last fifteen years, there's been one coach. Who's won the award, Coach of the Year, with a win total above nine? It just it just doesn't feel likely that a guy is going to win in that situation. And same thing with Mike McDaniel. I mean, their win total was nine and a half. They're kind of trending the wrong direction, and they have a brutal a brutal schedule to the end of the year. So to me, there's a couple candidates, two especially that I really like right now. Sorry, three especially that I really like right now. I think Shane Steichen is a really good candidate, especially if the Colts make the playoffs here. They're favored this week. They get their eighth win, potentially. We're talking about a team, a, a guy who first-year head coach kind of fits that billing, would have an increase of, you know, what I, I don't even know how many games the, the Colts won last year. Was it four or five? We're talking about, you know, a, a, a dramatic increase of wins there. And really just, a, a, you know, a job well done with a – backup quarterback, yeah. a backup running back. So I think he kind of fits everything in the profile. So 750 to me is a great price. There are there is some eight to one in market out there. So you know you can probably still find that as well. But 750 at DraftKings, I think is a great value. Sean Payton plus 950 again also I think is a great value. If you want to eat- Sean Payton is the one everyone's talking about. And my only question before you go is yep. 
it almost feels like a like comeback coach of the year because of how bad they were and how good they are now. Is it too much of a reaction to the turnaround versus the job he's doing is my only question, but I agree he's a good bet. Well, again, so again, let's, let's take a look at their, that kind of everything that fits here, the criteria, right? And I don't want to go into all the criteria because I guess some things you got to keep to yourself, but new coach, right? New, new coach. Okay. He's, you know, he, they're, they're win. what they win last year, three games, four games. So if he wins, five, I think. Okay. Five, whatever it was. So if he wins nine games and gets into the playoffs, I think Peyton has a very good chance to win this award. He'll have essentially turned the team around in about half a season with essentially the same roster, uh, and, 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 you know, including a couple injuries to some, you know, some important guys as well. Mm-hmm. He'll have basically, you know, turned this team into what they should have been last year. And I do think, especially with the win total of eight and a half, which is eight, eight and a half, which is where it was. Again, they weren't expected to make the playoffs. They were not favored in that situation. So I think Peyton is another really good candidate there. Now, I don't like them this week. So if you want to wait on Peyton, especially if they lose to the Lions, I think maybe waiting on Peyton to see, hey, maybe that price from 950 drops back a little bit to the 11 to 1 area. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. But still, to me, I think he's a legitimate candidate. And you look at the Broncos schedule coming up, guys. Right. It's fantastic. I mean, they, I think they have the Patriots in there. Like they have some, and, and the games are home. Patriots, Chargers at Raiders is how they wrap it up. That makes a lot of sense. If you like Campbell, I know the Lions aren't trending well, but if you like Campbell, you, you let off with Campbell giving the favorites, but if you like the Lions, that might be the best time to buy Sean Payton. Yeah, and again, so I think potentially after this week, a great win, especially if they end the season with three straight wins. I think the you're talking now. You're talking about the and you and you talked about it, Jules. The media has kind of picked up on this. Well, just imagine if he goes three and one in the final four. Broncos get into the playoffs, and now we're kind of getting that narrative push. The same thing we got with Brian Dayball last year, and then that final guy who I think has a legitimate chance to win is Kevin Stefanski of Cleveland. Now he doesn't fit your usual parameters for a coach of the year product, but. Again, that win total was eight and a half, nine, so nothing crazy. They weren't favored to make the playoffs because of the division they play in. Both Cincinnati and Baltimore were favored to make the playoffs over them in that division alone. Okay, they obviously don't have their quarterback. They've had to start a, a plethora of guys this year. You know, no matter who it's been, um, so they've kind of you know really just now they're starting Joe Flacco and the way that they you know they, the Stefanski has really called the the offense. In the last couple of weeks, even with Flacco, and I know they lost last week, but or the, the week prior, two weeks ago, excuse me. But the way that they kind of, you know, called the offense and and got things done with this team, I'm stunned with where they are, and I'm stunned that they're actually in the playoff picture. Um, I do think that again, he is going to get a lot of plaudits for the way that his team has played down the stretch. They have a really important game this week. I think if the Browns win again this week, that's the fancy scheme, fourteen to one right now in DraftKings. You're going to be seeing six to one, seven to one, that range. And I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, momentum pushed towards Stefanski. Um, again, he fits not all the criteria, not a first year head coach, not a massive amount of improvement and wins, but I do think that he'll be, you know, along those lines. Hey, he's done it with a bunch of different quarterbacks. He's found a way to win. They're winning in all different ways, whether it's offensively, defensively. I, I do think that he kind of fits that, that the totality of what you're looking for to coach of the year candidate. So, so how do you go about that then? Do you bet all three of these? Like, so you bet, okay. So Denver, you say, wait, but like Steichen, someone you bet now, do you bet Stefanski now? Like, what would you say? Like, what would be your advice on that? 
Yeah. So I so I personally bet Steichen like a week ago, but I added okay. more to I added more today today before the podcast at plus seven fifty. I think it's a good price. I think if they win this week, that that price is he is going to be a, a favorite, especially if the Texans lose, which I think is a realistic possibility of the Colts being a favorite winning this week versus Pittsburgh coming you know, on that bounce back uh, situation this week, and of course Houston potentially without CJ Stroud. I think you're looking at Steichen going to three to one, you know, in that area. I do think that that, you know, the time to bet him is now if you're going to bet him. Um, you know, I, I also think that this is, uh, you know, if you want to wait on Peyton, totally understandable. If, they, if he wins that game, though, that number also would take off. And Stefanski, to me, again, I, I don't think there's going to be a legit, like, I don't think there's a good time to look at them and say, hey, I got to bet Stefanski right now. Again, look at the way the Browns end their season. They have the Bears, Texans. Jets and then they end with the Bengals. So they're not exactly facing murderers row here. If they win this week, I mean that it's just gonna get shorter every week. So I mean I, I would suggest taking Stefanski. The problem is if they lose this week, you know, it, it becomes a real difficult situation for him to win. So it really yeah. depends how you feel about the Browns, I guess, this week would be my argument. I, I would play Stefanski. I played more 14 to 1 today. I would play Stefanski today uh, you know just based upon the schedule they should be favored in every game with the exception of maybe houston and we're not waiting mean, again who knows what's going to happen with cj stroud some you know some of these teams you know texans may take two three weeks in the protocol who knows some of these guys may be careful mm-hmm. anything else jules i wanted to ask quickly about mvp before we let dan go on uh purdy yeah. v prescott at this point yeah, no, I was going to go there. I don't, I don't disagree with any of the coach of the year stuff. I think Sean Payton is who intrigues me uh, the most of the group, um, especially with how how Denver uh, how Denver closes out. Denver, the the only uh, I put out two win totals this year. One of them was Denver at eight and a half. I I uh, would have if it was a physical ticket, crumpled that up at zero and three and thrown it in the trash, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> With a decent chance, you got to finish two and two to to get it. But home games over the uh, Patriots and uh, depleted Chargers, good spots. But yeah, Dan, let's let's get your take on MVP before we go. It's it's really whoever wins the big game that week. It's moving, but you got guys like Tua that were up there that obviously don't belong there. You see that in the Monday night game against Tennessee, and you see why Tyreek Hill should be above Tua in the MVP odds at the same time in that game. Brock Purdy, the guy earlier in the season, I was staring down 50 to one, didn't take it. Silly me. Um, tell me your thoughts on on this uh, MVP board because it, it, nobody's taking it. And some people say, uh, could it be Brock Purdy? Does Brock Purdy deserving? I say yes. I like Purdy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I took Purdy at 35 to one. I took more at 16 to one. Uh, Jules, you know, I, I texted you about that multiple times, how much I like Purdy in the situation. Yep. So I, th- I think we have three. I mean, I think the, the field has kind of been narrowed to three guys. Okay. Re- realistically, I don't think anyone outside three guys can win. Dak, Purdy, and Lamar Jackson. I think that's it. So Jalen Hurts, to me, the last two weeks have really taken him out. And if, again, if they lose on Monday night, he'll definitely be out. Two is gone after the, the performance on Monday night. I think Tyree Kill is a very important player, and I do think that he's very valuable. Offensive player of the year there, right? Bingo. Yeah, he, he's the offensive player of the year. And, and that's where, again, even 220, I think, is a short price there now, which I, again, I don't advise betting, but it's still short to me, in my opinion. I think he's going to definitely win that, assuming that he doesn't get hurt the remainder of the year. So to me, we're, we're down to three. We're down to Prescott, Purdy, and Jackson. So here's how I'm looking at it. 
Dak has a monster game. It's basically a, a monster schedule coming up. Okay, the Cowboys have a the, the hardest schedule of these three teams. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Okay? So to me, that's kind of one way that I'm focusing on this is hey, the Cowboys have the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, and I, I don't remember who the fourth team is off the top. The Commanders, I think, off the top of my head, right? I think I think that's who it is. I like the Bills this week as it is. I think going on the road to Miami is a tough, a tough spot. And then you have to face the Lions who are streaking right now. If you go two and one in those games, that's great. I still think in that situation, you're talking about potential decrease here for, you know, for Dak, potentially some, you know, a, a little bit of a downshift, especially offensively in the next couple of weeks, the way that these teams play. And especially this week, if they lose to the Bills on the road, which is, you know, arguably their most difficult game. I think you know, people are going to say, hey, you know, the, the way the Niners have been playing, I, I think that that's going to kind of take it. I talked about on my podcast last week, guys, about the, the MVP games, which I said there were there were three or four MVP games remaining in the season. It was Niners-Eagles, Cowboys-Eagles, and I said Niners-Ravens. And right. I think that that's – That one. Christ, so Christmas, to, night, Christmas night, all eyes on that game. Right. So I And I think the winner of that game – has a really, really good chance to win the MVP. I like the Niners in that game, and I, I love the Ravens. I'm a been a Ravens guy. I had the Ravens winning the Super Bowl there in my Super Bowl bet this year. I had I had Ravens Niners as my Super Bowl bet. So I mean that'd be lovely if that happens. There's no chance, obviously, because it's me, but it'd be lovely <laughs> if it does. But nonetheless, the the reality situation is that if if Jackson wins that game, I think he becomes the front runner. Okay. That, but I also kind of like Purdy's situation where he's been, he's leading the league in EPA per play, right? Or per drop back, excuse me, right now. Okay. He, which is a, which is a huge qualifier of winning the MVP. He's consistently, you know, uh, performing well, throwing to, it's not just McCaffrey running for touchdowns. He's passing for touchdowns in big situations, you know, especially with Debo in the lineup. Well, I do think Debo is kind of the engine that makes that offense run mm-hmm. at times. I think Purdy has been phenomenal. People are underestimating how good he's been. And the MVP to me, guys, is really a, a, an award that is is basically won based upon media narrative and betting betting narrative. So the betting odds do play into who votes for, for, for what guy. Like, I, I think to me, a lot of these MVP voters kind of have a difficult time choosing who they want to vote for. They'll look at the betting odds and say, who are the two guys or who are the three guys that should be looking at? And I think right now, Purdy is the guy. Dak is the guy everyone's talking about. I think Purdy is the guy everyone's talking about. And I think that Ravens-Niners game will kind of determine, hey, if Lamar has a chance here, he's going to have to win that game. I like the Niners there. And I think the Niners have a very good chance to kind of run the table here or at least go 3-1 and one in their final three. And if that is the case, because you know they have the Cardinals this week, the Ravens, the Commanders, and the Rams, you know maybe they sit everyone against the Rams, and that's the game that they lose there. But they go... Three and zero, the next three. I think Purdy locks up this award, um, and, and especially beating the Ravens. I just think that would be an extremely uh, huge, difficult feat for them. And if you like Dak, that would just bet. I honestly would bet the, the Cowboys this week because I think if Dak loses to the Bills, I think that that's a huge flaw in the case of kind of everything he does there. And I think he'll start dropping back a little bit further than people think. So if you like Dak, maybe an easier way to get some results and potentially play both is to bet the Cowboys this week. I think Purdy and Prescott both being 
uh, having these challenging schedules or these tough games, they're going to help each other in a way because that, that you don't have to run the risk of like say say Sam Fran had like a two or three game lead on the number one seed, they're going to have to like really try before week eighteen. I think that all kind of it kind of I think it helps both candidates, but more so for uh, for San Francisco because they're home in certain spots. You mentioned uh, Dallas's schedule; they've got to go to Buffalo, but San Fran's going to go to they got to go to Washington once, but they have you know. The Cardinals game's a Cardinals game. That's their next one, but they're home two of their last four. Uh, Dan Lifshots of 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can, you can listen to his uh, live show Saturday morning, 7 to 9, uh, in Boston uh, on the FM dial, and then uh, catch his podcast during the week. Dan, thanks for stopping by the show. No problem, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, Uh, we'll wrap up the show. We'll get to Best Bets momentarily. Uh, thanks to Live Shots as well as Johnny Avello for their time uh, on the podcast. Julian, before we go to NFL uh, and some other bets that we're looking at, uh, college football, two more bowl games we want to quickly touch on. Uh, we'll begin with a look you have. We talked about NC State a few weeks ago, and you're still getting a you're still getting plus three against K State. It's back to what we've been harping on here: motivational factor and. From what it seems, NC State's going to have most of their guys, and I still don't quite understand why the Wolfpack are a three-point dog. I think I like where you're going with this with NC State. Yeah, the simple handicap here is that K-State without a lot of guys, NC State with guys, motivation, NC State side. So give me NC State plus three here. I did put it out on Twitter earlier in the week, but I'll give it out here and just mention that if you want the analysis, this is a game last week that you brought up to me, and we kind of went through it on the pod a little bit. Yeah. Um, so go back and find those, uh, find that analysis. The only thing I'll add now is just update it with current betting splits. Um, let me see. Let me find this one. Where are we? NC State and Kansas. Yeah, 44% of the bets for 68% of the handle on the NC State side there. Betters sharp money thinks they're going to win outright. Thirty eight percent of the bets for sixty six percent of the handle. NC State plus one thirty money line. So seems like a sharp side. Seems like a good side. I will put myself on that side. Okay, and this one's more of a this one's a sharp side, I think too. But a lot of public money coming in on. So this so we're backing an ACC team in NC State. But now I've got Rutgers in Miami pinstripe bowl. Rutgers is not far away, so it's a kind of a home game for Rutgers. They're a short underdog. And I would say NC State cares in their game, but with Miami, uh, I, they're also just I can't I don't think you can trust the Hurricanes. Whereas Rutgers, at least uh, Rutgers had some promising outputs down the stretch in the Big Ten. Where I would say uh, Rutgers, while a lot of the public likes Rutgers, um, still getting them at a at an underdog price, a very short dog. Uh, Rutgers is where you'd lean here too. Yeah, four and a half down to one and a half on Rutgers. Wish I got the four and a half, obviously. Yeah. 43% of the bets for 71% of the money on the spread Rutgers side. Money line side, 24% of the bets for 58% of the handle. 
Miami's getting all the tickets, uh, but the numbers are moving against them. And I, I think we know why, uh, you know, games pinstripe bowl should be a good Rutgers crowd are, I don't know, maybe my, maybe Miami fans want to go, uh, spend Christmas, New Year's in New York. It's, it is still New York. Yeah. Um, but cold weather game, not a Miami type of game, much more of a big 10 Rutgers type of game. It feels like so Rutgers plus one and a half adding it here first. I'll probably put it out on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, after we record. I'd add too. I went to the Miami BC game uh, in Chestnut Hill and that was mm-hmm. a beautiful day. So don't read too much into that. Well, Miami went to BC and kicked the crap out of them in the first half. It was like 58 degrees, sunny, perfect conditions, no wind. Versus a big 10 team. Big 10 plays a little more of a slog. True. True. Well, BC's pretty sloggy, but I, I hear you. Um, That's yeah. But that's a that's a credit to that's a credit to Rutgers, not uh, you know, BC doesn't pose the same kind of threat. Uh, all right, let's do best bets and then get the heck out of here. Why don't you go first, Julian, since you're really hard on your stance and I think <laughs> I know where you're going. You, this is kind of like your wheelhouse. You'll just these prime time or these big matchups. Uh, and I, I think I know where you're going to go with this. So give it to us. Yep. It's been, uh, you know, a lot of these. Eagles, Bills, Cowboys games, they've all been playing each other, Niners. Um, So now we have Dallas coming off all these home wins, looking really good. They get the big one over the Eagles. They've been unstoppable. They're undefeated at home. Mm -hmm. Well, now you got to go play outdoors at Buffalo in the middle of the season. And normally you would want Buffalo maybe off a loss here, but the wins for Buffalo right now, given they're out of the playoffs and need to get in, the wins are what's building momentum right now for Buffalo. Keep winning. That brings them energy. That brings them confidence. Now they have a huge home game against Dallas here. Uh, The defense is playing well for Buffalo. The offense seems to be getting it together. I think Dallas is probably the overall better team, but when you, you say that Dallas has been playing at home comfortably for so long, and uh, they're going out to Buffalo. I-, I think that's a huge edge for the Bills in this game just to get Dallas out of its comfort zone and play the Cowboys in Buffalo out- outdoors. Um, so I-, I think that Buffalo will be the tougher team at, at home in this game. Bills, minus 120 money line. Uh, big play for me this week and the only play in the NFL, really. <sighs> All right, Samir, why don't you go next? Samir's kind of riding high. Uh, he had a nice win last week. We mentioned it off the top with with Denver uh, covering as uh, Denver as an underdog beating the Chargers outright. What do you got? Yeah, riding that momentum, I, I kind of feel the same way uh, as I did last week about Denver this week with Baltimore. I think that that spread is just too small. Jacksonville trending in the wrong direction, banged up Trevor Lawrence. Uh as Dan said, Lamar, not that this game has a ton of MVP implications, but just another thing to, you know, add into the narrative here for why, ba- I mean, Baltimore obviously playing super well. Uh, Want to carry that into the playoffs. They have some tough matchups at the end of the season here. This is a game where they could kind of, you know, fine tune some of that stuff. But overall, I mean, I think they're just a much better team than Jacksonville. And uh, to, you know, you were mentioning this off the record, Glash. Jacksonville just doesn't play that well at home. So no. I, I don't believe them. Jacksonville's hurt me too many times this year. I bet on them a lot. I've lost on them a lot. Decided to go the other way. 
Yeah, and they're playing a real. I mean, they played a real defense in Cleveland. Uh, and uh, well, no, part of me they played Cincinnati. Uh, that was last week, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, well, then they played Cleveland too, and Trevor Lawrence was awful early. And who knows with more wear and tear? Like, yeah, I know everyone's thinking, well, he played last week and he's playing again this week, but who knows how does he look now after after playing a week? Uh, getting ready. No, Christian Kirk's like his binky. I know Engram had a great game. Had it was in the end zone for the first time, but they're going to miss Christian Kirk. I think as this year winds down. And that's uh, that's another lost bet for me. That was at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, the touchdowns. Oh, that sucks. Uh, yep, that sucks. Yep. All right. Uh, I, I was going back and forth on what I wanted to do with this. Uh, speaking of the Browns, the Jags' most recent opponent. Um. I want to take the Bears plus three and a half. I like what I see out of Justin Fields and DJ Moore here down the stretch. I mean, Justin Fields is playing for his job in Chicago. I know he could probably go somewhere else, get a reclamation project. The Falcons have been connected to him. I've the Patriots, maybe if they don't draft one up at the top. So Justin Fields is showcasing himself to keep this job and have continuity. But uh, also I, I I just kind of like what the Bears have been doing. I think not, the market hasn't fully corrected itself on them. Cleveland should probably be favored inside a field goal. You get a field goal plus the half a point. Joe Flacco, good story. A lot of fun. Mic'd up segments in the locker room. They're believing there in Cleveland. I understand that. Uh, but I'm getting more than a field goal for a Bears team that despite moving off pieces at the deadline, um, uh, their quarterbacks believing, believing in the scheme. He's been taking care of the football. Justin Fields, as of late, I think his touchdown to interception ratio is like five to one. So that's good to see. It's a very low total. Also, I've been kind of consistent on that, too. When we got a low total and you got an underdog more than a field goal, I'll take the dog. Bears, Bears aren't getting enough credit. I think Cleveland probably should be favored, short, shorter favored than three and a half. So I'm going to go Bears plus three and a half for best bets and not, right. dabble, in the, not dabble in the totals and any of that other crap. So great. That's it. Uh, we'll be back. We, we'll figure out our holiday schedule, but I think we'll be back next week to dive into more bowl games. We're getting closer and closer to the playoff. And then this NFL season, it's going to be an absolute bleep show how it all plays out in the, at least in the AFC with all these backup quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. thanks again to Johnny Avello of the DraftKings Sportsbook, Dan Lifshatz of 98.5, the sports sub joining us on the podcast this week for Samir and for Julian. Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening, everybody, to Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Best of luck, and talk to you next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 